You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number four, six, six. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station and part three, the conclusion of our 2018 walk on the Isle of Skye, the Sky Trail, and we chose to walk it south to north. Now this podcast covers the final three days and as you'll hear, we made it even harder on ourselves on the first of those three days by choosing the less travelled, more direct route from Portree to Store via Benderg across open moorland. Well, it all looked good on the map. The more popular route that people seem to take, and we can see why now, is the coastal path, which takes you to the car park at the base of the store and then the short, steep climb up. Certainly less challenging over the day, and you never know, maybe even with a nice coastal view too. Now please check out the Outdoor Station website for more photographs and information relating to this series of podcasts. And do comment or give us feedback on any of the social media you see or over on the website itself. It's always appreciated. Following this walk, I then undertook the TGO Challenge 2018 walking across Scotland. And once I've edited the 80 or so recordings from that, I'll try and get round to editing the video of this trip and also the TGO Challenge as well. And I'll release those as soon as I can. But it'll probably be a good few weeks yet. Nine o'clock, bank holiday morning, and as you will have rightly guessed, we spent 24 hours holed up in a wonderful little B&B just on the uh, off the centre of uh, Portree, Hamara, uh, old-fashioned style B&B if you like, from what the lady was telling me, Marion, in the sense that uh, just two rooms, shared bathroom, but lovely, clean, dry, so welcoming, and she couldn't have done enough for us. So, considering the weather conditions as we arrived and everybody telling us there was no accommodation, we were extremely grateful we found Marion. And we sat there really for 24 hours, just sort of reading and pottering and doing a bit of shopping, I suppose. We fixed the ground sheet in the inner tent, that was sorted. I uh, met a Dutch guy who was uh, cycling around Sky, but had almost given up as well in the weather and was going to head back to the mainland. And we all at breakfast sat and watched the television and the weather reports. And we always felt sorry for everybody else, entirely in the UK and Wales, who were suffering a 28 degrees heat wave while we were sitting in rain and wind. It's not raining, we're all right. Yeah, today, <laughs> but yesterday. And in actual fact, now we're setting off from Portree. We were grateful, actually. It's cool. Nice, nice little breeze, cool. Unfortunately, low cloud. Still can't see the coolins, but we know where we're going. We've got the path heading off towards us. There's a bit of blue sky in between the heavy cloud, and I can actually see. Look over there. Look. Do you think that's, that could be? Could be a bit that's wafted over from England. For today's efforts, because now we're going to go up to Trotanish Ridge... It's a long one. I think it's about 40k in all, and everybody says you can't do it in one day, uh, or it's it, you know you have to start really really early. 
So what we're planning to do is do most of it, or as much as we can, about 20, 25k if we can, uh, find somewhere to camp. We've been told about a couple of spots from people that were coming the opposite direction. And then drop down to Floody Gary tomorrow, and then following day, round to the nor- most northerly point. And we will have achieved it. So, fingers crossed the weather holds the way it is today. It's not bad uh, walking weather. As you can hear, we've just stripped off from our usual waterproofs and insulation down to windshirt and base layer. And we're uh, ready to go. How about you, Rose? Are you all fit and rested now after 24 hours just lying there being fed strawberries and things? Yeah, actually, it's surprising, isn't it? You'd think you're fine, but actually a day's rest makes it makes huge difference. It just revitalises. You can reorganise your pack, sort stuff out. Just chill back and uh, give your feet a rest. Yeah, and wash socks and undies That's and things. Nice. All the important stuff. Anyways, you can hear the Skylark probably is in the background. Can you hear that? So that's a good sign. So I shall stop waffling and put the recorder away. And the first stop is the old man of store, all being well. But we've got a long, steady climb to get there. Um, no, it's too high. Look at these rocks on the left-hand side there. We don't want to go too high on the contours because we're going to drop down when we get across this. Uh, 11.35, so that's two and a half hours. We've just calculated we've done five kilometres. It's just heather bashing and it's soaking under underfoot. Every, every footstep's like that. We're at the third barbed wire fence to cross, which has just been a pain in the backside. But at least they're not deer fences, which are sort of seven to ten foot high. But it's still an inconvenience. But we just can't get a stride going. You have to watch every step. There's no paths at all that we can find. Um, so it's just literally cross open country and it's it's tough going. Yeah, this is typical Scotland wild trail really. But it's just disheartening that after two and a half hours we still haven't got a clear view and a clear path. We're anticipating a path sort of from store to Floody Gary because that's a well-travelled route, uh, a lot of tourist route, route etc, etc. So we're just hoping the path's going to be clearer. I mean, on the Harvey map, it's a, a dotted, a single little dot, which means sort of find it yourself, basically, almost, doesn't it? So. Well, it's, yeah, but it's on, the, it's on the ridge, though, with a yeah. cliff face on one side, so I'm anticipating it's well-trodden. Anyway, it's something to look forward to, but in the meantime, I've got to cross this barbed wire fence and keep on this contour, keep to the left of those rocks over there, and then we should find the route down from these rocks on the other side of the hill. Um, and we'll see what happens after that. If you've ever wondered if these body bags were ever any good or were needed, I think we can both agree unanimously that they're a godsend. Don't you think, Rose? On so many occasions, they've just been fantastic saviour. We managed store, which was basically um, uh, on the ridge, a 300 metre one-in-one climb, and it was exhausting. We went into the cloud or the weather came down to us, one of the two. So we had the combination of horizontal rain. The winds weren't too heavy, but they were heavy enough. Uh, And we just couldn't see our hand in front of our face, basically. It was just relentless and we had to stop every hundred paces, get our breath, keep going. 
till we eventually made it to the trig point with a big chunk out the side of it from the weather erosion. But there was nothing to see. Literally, a trig point. We couldn't even see the edge of the cliff. I've done a video, so if it all comes out, and you'll see that if you watch the video. And then we turned and continued on the route that we'd set to get down off the top. And the weather just kept following us. In the end, Rose is really cold. Um, I'm soaked through my trousers anyway. I didn't put my waterproof trousers on. We've had them on and off three times this morning, and it's never quite come to anything. And then we just thought we'd just persevere through this last weather to stop for some lunch. And thankfully, we prepared some lunch to um, eat to give us some sustenance and enthusiasm to keep going. But uh, it's been... An exhausting morning, isn't it? Oh, I can't remember the last time I felt so exhausted and so demoralised. And I think because there's no reward of views or magnificence, it's just a trudge. You could, you may as well be trudging in the gym almost on a step machine because you just can't see anything. Yeah, it's a real shame. And so far, sadly, I know Sky has got a reputation for being a beautiful isle. But we've just caught it really unlucky. We haven't seen anything. Sorry, I got a mouthful of oak food. <laughs> Sorry. No, there's been a few glimpses of it, but and I know it's called the Misty Isle, but it really is misty. We haven't seen anything. Anyway, this body bag's given us some respite from the weather giving us time to recharge our batteries and uh, sort ourselves out before we try and find the rest of the route to where we hope to camp tonight which is thankfully lower so possibly out the weather but once again I'll fill you in as things progress and we stumbled across a camping spot thank goodness which was about six kilometres short of where I had intended to camp I had been told that was reasonable camping there but the weather conditions was low cloud and wind and occasional rain and so it was making it very very difficult to gather really what the ground would be like and everywhere we looked along the track wasn't very inviting it was extremely boggy and so not particularly inviting but we came down the bank from let me just find it on the map uh, we came down to the Bilach na Liach and we were taken by surprise we just crossed um, a brick wall and um, an old wire fence and uh, stumbled on a, a little camping spot where somebody obviously had had a little fire there was a ring of stones then a fire and a little raised area which was dry compared to all the other places that we'd looked at and at that moment the weather lifted slightly we could see over the cliff which is about 10-15 metres away from the front door of the tent and there was sunshine down in the bay sunshine, I've heard about that because it was on television this morning because the rest of the UK has got sunshine not us but having said that those uh, nine hours had it been in sunshine 
and that terrain would have been hell. It really wiped us out. And we've done a lot of stuff over the years and we were trying to recall when we last felt that shattered and it's very, very difficult to, to consider it. I think it was probably Borrowdale when we did the OMM. That did occur to me. That <laughs> did occur to me. But that was at least you knew you were coming down and to a, yeah, to a yeah. camping spot, ideally, yeah. although it turned out to be a cattle shed, but there you go. A flood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tent poles just moving slightly in the wind. So anyway, we've uh, we've pitched up, and it's a sort of a little um, dip between two slight embankments, both of which are protecting us from the east and west winds. So the tent's fluttering a bit, but it isn't really causing any great issues, which is obviously good to hear. As always with these things, we were absolutely on our knees, etc, etc, and as soon as we put the tent up, crawled inside, and we're now inside our sleeping bags, doing our notes and diaries and recordings, uh, everything is right with the world, and in fact, it looks like there's sunshine coming through the side of the tent, which is extremely hard to believe. Oh look, it's getting brighter! Yay! So you never know, it might be a very calm night, with fantastic star views looking out across the bay towards Floody Gary. Fantastic. So it means we're an extra 5 or 6k tomorrow on top of our intended route but actually it was a short day anyway down to Floody Gary and um, hopefully camping at the hostel or using the hostel, probably camping at the hostel before we set off on the last short day to complete the trail. We were surprised three times by people we were told, or all the guidebook says, there's always people on store. You'll, you know, you'll always see people are in store. Well, we climbed store, and we could just see our hand in front of our faces. Uh, took a picture of the trig point just to prove we were there, but there was no way we could see the old banner store or all the spectacular rock formations around that area which we were looking forward to. We were literally just trying to keep going and keep surviving and keep warm. And uh, we came across, I think it was a Polish family, actually, uh, that were well kitted out. They'd come from Floody Gary, stopped for a quick chat. They'd done eight hours, hadn't they? Eight hours from Floody Gary already. And so I they must have started early. And they were heading to store to cut down and cut back, I guess. Yeah, uh, they'd just about do it, I think. It'd be a long day. Yeah, but they, they were well kitted out, they it seemed to be sorted. Nice. Yeah. Then there was a walking group, which... We're very uncommunicative, actually. Try to have a joke and a chat with them, and they were like, mm, yeah, it's just afternoon, afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it's little it's short day packs, and obviously somebody who was, you know, is, a it guide. was a guided tour, and there was quite a lot of them, and they were, yeah. There was about 25 or so, wasn't there? There was a whole pile of them. Different, different nationalities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they sort of passed by in a, in a blink, and then troubled us somewhat. Uh, just a couple of uh, climbs ago we came across a young either French or Belgian couple late 20s perhaps, something like that and they were aiming to do the same route to get to store and then climb down again and they were miles away, although he had a map he wasn't too sure where he was on the map he didn't have a compass oh he did, oh, had he, a compass, yeah, did he? he got a very posh compass actually mm. and his girlfriend was wearing Ur- urban outdoor clothes yeah. which had soaked through and she looked cold and they were at least three hours away from store weren't mm. they no gloves and she looked exhausted yeah large backpacks on yeah troubling to know what to say in those sort of circumstances and as we climbed the next climb we could see them still deliberating what to do 
and all the time they're doing that they're getting colder and colder but she didn't look happy did she no i'm not quite sure there's no solution either i mean it's absolutely right once you're up here you're up here you're committed um and you know we look we've been looking for camp a camp spot if you like for the last well last hour or more and it's really difficult because it's boggy or it's stony or you know too much of a slope or the wind the wind yeah you just can't get out the wind so and we'd certainly not seen anything coming from the store that would do the trick so i'm not quite sure you know you you just got to keep going Mm. i think probably on a fine day if there is such a thing fine day and no wind then anywhere along here would be lovely Uh, especially when it's drained a bit but after the weather that we've had and the weather we've experienced um, it was pretty tough to find the the right spot but the weather forecast this morning apart from telling us that the rest of the UK was having a heat wave uh, indicated that tonight should be relatively calm and a reasonable start tomorrow so we will make a move tomorrow morning as early as we can we've decided not to cook just for safety reasons really um, and yeah that's about it isn't it really yeah, also a bit low on water and can't be asked to go and filter it out the little the stream pools. Yeah. it's not a stream it's a, a pool it's not even a locking isn't it it's just like a puddle <laughs> well that's your job dear that's, that's women's work yeah. right so that brings us to conclusion on um, bank holiday monday Tomorrow's uh, aiming to get to Flutigary and then the following day is the final push to the north of Skye. It's just before seven o'clock and it's actually calmer now than it's been all night long. Uh, it's been a bit of a blustery night, but I suppose it could have been worse. And we're glad that we pitched in this little dip. I had some protection from the wind, so we've only caught a little bit of it. But it's been enough to uh, wake us every now and again and just check everything's still nailed down, which thankfully it is. I'm so glad I brought those V-pegs. It's made all the difference when you actually want some good anchorage good grief it is quiet now five minutes ago it was heaving with rain we have yet to open the door and see what it looks like but I suspect it'll be exactly the same as yesterday low cloud and zero visibility but at least we're going to start getting ourselves ready now just have a bar for breakfast and um, get going as soon as possible the sooner we get going the sooner we get down off this ridge Uh, which has been as, well, as we've already reported, a bit disappointing, really. So I just thought I'd do an early morning piece before I started packing. One thing I forgot to mention last night and has struck us quite strongly on this particular walk on the route that we've done is finding shelter is actually being pretty difficult. Just the landscape itself doesn't seem to allow for anywhere to hunker down and have a bite to eat out the wind or the rain. 
there's lots of the landscape and it's very dramatic and full of drama but actually places almost like this at the moment where you can just get out of the wind for a bit very very few and far between and in fact you know ironically right down as far as actually in Portree itself when the weather was terrible in Portree and the rain was pouring and the wind was whistling down the streets there was just nowhere to to go and eat your fish and chips so we we ended up in the main bus shelter so yeah if you come this way Sky has a reputation for being beautiful and dramatic and expansive and startling but it can be a bit wet and windy as well it is the misty isles As I predicted, the weather hasn't improved. In fact, it's got worse. And we started off eight o'clock. We packed up and just managed to get the tent down okay. Visibility is probably about 50 meters now. So we're having to follow the uh, cliff edge path. It's about 10K to the road car park. Um, after that, it should be fairly straightforward. But uh, it's a bit hairy, isn't it? It's a bit scary. I'm only little. I've been blown over by the wind before and the path right by the cliffs. If you go too far from the, the path, then you can't see anything and you're into the bogs. It's a uh, devil of the deep blue sea. Definitely. Anyway, I just wanted to record this so you know what it's like. We weren't making it up. Shame, apparently, because there's some lovely views. Apparently. It's 5.15 now, and we arrived at about half past two, three o'clock at Floody Gary Hostel. And they were quite welcoming. They weren't ready to take registration yet, but they said basically help yourself to facilities. So it's been nice to make a cup of tea or two, sit down, charge phones, talk to friends and get out of stamp stuff and have a shower. Luxury. Just looked on the map. It's been only two 15k days that we've done, but just unbelievably tough and relentless. And as Rose was saying, it's a combination of partly because the visibility was 50 meters at the most most of the time then you're, you're concerned about your navigation then you're actually heather bashing so you're lifting your knee really high we had to cross what four barbed wire fences the weather the wind and the rain was just relentless from the side and it was cold and so everything naturally is getting wet and you're just getting more of more sort of frustrated with with stuff but you don't want to stop because you'll get cold if you get you stop but it's a very very tough ridge and certainly everything that we read beforehand said that basically when you go up on the ridge you're committed it's interesting speaking to people who are coming the opposite way north to south that they seem to be going as far as store and coming off the Belak at store and going around the coast on the coastal route of the sky trail rather than doing the route that we did although the couple we're speaking to said that they did it themselves uh, north to south and actually they chose to go 
on the same route that we did across the moor, but that you're walking downhill across the wall, which actually makes a lot of sense to the way that we approached it. But hey, different reasons. But I think the biggest shame is the fact that we haven't seen a view. It's been... It's been really disappointing to be surrounded by pictures at the hostel of wonderful views around Sky, and we've walked right past them and haven't seen them. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the ridge looks fantastic, and it would be a tough route in in normal conditions because there's a lot of ascent and descent and a lot of looking for the for the trail and stuff. But in the weather conditions we did it in, it was just soul destroying. It was quite yeah. grim actually because you just couldn't. It was just relentless, wasn't it? Yeah, and as you say, not being able to see those views. A couple of times when we got down past the car park and headed on the decent track towards Flodigarry, there was it occasionally the mist cleared and you got little glimpses of, wow, that's that's fantastic, and then it disappeared again. <laughs> but, you know, it, what it could have been and what we actually got were two very different things. However, Sky is beautiful and it's well known for being beautiful and offering an awful lot. We have just unfortunately caught it wrong. However, tomorrow looks a bit brighter and we're on the last stage tomorrow up to the most northerly point and it's only about five, six kilometres. So we're hoping for a gentle day. We're just going to pop down to the shopping reception and top up with munches because we went through most of those in the last 48 hours. Uh, last night when we camped we were very very lucky to find that camping spot would actually worked out really really well nicely tucked out of the worst of the wind uh, but of course we didn't cook we ate all our munches and supplies so our lunches have been diminished and then to add insult to injury sitting here in the hostel we are staring out at a lovely sunny afternoon evening with the sun setting over the sea and the lovely green rolling hills like a patchwork in the distance, just a stone's throw away from the very expensive and upmarket Floody Gary Hotel. What a difference 24 hours makes. So we've only got tomorrow to make it to the north, and then we'll camp up again, and then we just got to quickly catch the bus, I believe, at 7.47 from the most northerly point. And that will take us... Hopefully back to Portree. This podcast is brought to you by backpackinglight.co.uk A small UK independent helping you save weight and enjoy outdoor life more. Uh, 9.30 on Wednesday... And we're just leaving Floody Gary Hostel, which has been exceptional. I have to say, they've been so helpful, so charming, uh, so willing to offer advice. Uh, and I must say that uh, anything you might read on some of the forums about the hostel uh, don't appear to be true. Great kitchen, good setup, and uh, thankfully we had the last room available for but. Very clean, very clean. Yeah, very clean. Ladies will approve. And the showers are nice and hot, aren't they? Certainly are. <laughs> Made some friends last couple of days. Somebody we met on the ridge and then bumped into again in the in the hostel. We shared a room with them, John and Leslie, and spent the evening with them. Went over to the Floody Gary Hotel, which if you've got how much did he say it was a night? Two hundred and thirty pound a room. I think it was a bit more than that. I think it was two hundred eighty pounds a room. Two hundred eighty pounds a room, and the meals, a main meal, the cheapest one we could find was thirty two pounds. 
I think it was 28, but yeah, close to. And, and a shot of Talisker was £44.30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're aiming at a slightly different market to the Walker market. So we're starting uh, the last coastal part of the walk um, north. And I think actually we've done it the right way around. This is a nice way to finish. Unfortunately, due to the weather uh, of the last few days, the path itself, I'm looking at it now, is just going to be a muddy mess. But that's what we've come to expect. As you can probably hear, the wind is picking up. Weather forecast today is heavy rain between 11 and 3. So we're aiming to get there if we can, uh, have a look at the lookout, and then possibly make our way to Duntelm Castle and pick the bus up back to Portree. We were going to stay there, that was the intention, but the weather is just... We're just fighting a losing battle, particularly as I've got to start day after tomorrow on the TGR and I'd like to have all my gear dry if possible. So that's the morning's report. You ready to go? I'm certainly ready to go, looking at those black clouds that are hovering up there. Oh God, right. Okay, let's get going. safer now well the last I don't know half kilometers in sight you can see the observatory or the uh, the body uh, we've been taking the outside path there's a there's a barbed wire fence and the path is indicated on the outside of the barbed wire fence between the fence and the sea and the cliff and the cliff yeah and uh, I don't think either of us have been so scared in our lives, have we? No. I mean, uh, it would be scary on a still quiet day, but it, the wind's really, really gusting. It's very strong today. I'd say it's definitely over 25 miles, miles an hour wind. And we were a few times just holding onto the wire, trying to keep as close in as possible. And then you, yeah, there was what? Well, there's one part that just was just mud, and the wire just was open at the bottom and straight down. Straight down. But anyway, we just saw um, a Dutch group, three of them, walking on the other side, sort of inside the field, uh, and much safer. And they offered to get our packs over the wire, which we did. And we're so glad we did because what 20 meters further on, the there was no path. The it whole was, thing had collapsed into the sea. Yeah, yeah. So the underneath the wire was just a sheer drop. So, last surprises from Sky. Yeah, it's been exhausting mentally and physically this uh, this trip, and emotionally actually I think too. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Those cliff paths, a few of them have been really scary. Anyway, the body is within sight now, and uh, the last bit should be fairly easy. We'll stop there for five minutes, I think, have a bite, and then work out how we're going to get back and probably catch the bus back to Portree. I don't think we fancy trying to pitch a tent in this. Be a bit, a uh, little bit risky, don't you think? A bit gusty. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That was incredible. <sighs> it just got stronger and stronger. <laughs> I thought it would be a nice coastal finish walk. Yeah. Um, John was right actually, he was talking about the weather. He said, you know, rain, just put up with it. 
you know, vi visibility is annoying. So, but with with the killer, that's okay. Actually, probably right. Yeah. Just listen to that peace and quiet. We finally made it to the lookout, the observatory, the body, whatever you want to call it. Um, and all the notes in the body book all indicate just how grateful people are to actually have this hut here. So for those people that actually maintain it on behalf of the Mountain Bothers Association, a huge thank you. There's a couple of interesting comments in the book actually going back a couple of days, which I'll read in a second. But it sounds like it's just been an, a a refuge of calm for many people. You can hear the wind howling outside and thankfully there's no rain. We had originally, when we considered doing this walk, thought we'd walk down onto the plateau below this lookout and looking at it from here there looks some lovely camping spots but in this weather you must be joking. So we discussed it and as I mentioned probably earlier on we're going to walk back to Duntelm and get the bus back to Portree and have a safe night tonight I think uh, and it allows me an extra sort of 24 hours to recuperate and prepare myself for setting off for the TGO. What I was going to say on the body book and people who listen to this podcast do look this up just going back I think with the 9th of May today on the 7th of May, oh sorry, on the 2nd of May, now I can't read his writing, Han, I think, Han from Germany, bless you for writing this, upset by the Talisker film crew, the social media film crew, about seven people with professional cameras, drones, something else, wake us up, place the Talisker bottle something everywhere in this body they were about three hours here they asked me where the rubbish bin is I told them to take everything back but they left rubbish plastic bottles and destroyed the water system lid behind I told them about the body code and they said sorry and went on with their work you will find their pictures soon on Facebook so that is pretty unreasonable isn't it to be that ill prepared to not know what a body's for what the body code represents, what it represents to the people that are coming after you, and actually not to take your rubbish away with you. So if you ever come across the Talisker social media content showing images from Rubahunish on Sky and the wonderful landscape in a small body, it might be worthwhile mentioning that their behaviour had been noted. And I just think that's pretty pretty poor show actually, considering everybody else that flipping back through pages in the book actually very, loads and loads of Europeans are all how grateful they are how thankful they were fantastic the body was beautiful such a windy night end of the world what a lovely spot to stay at after completing the um, sky trail uh, starting out on the sky trail and even the guys that just helped us out across that barbed wire fence uh, have written a note as well so a lot of positives there and uh, thanks once again as I say to the people that actually look after this particular body Right, little rant over. We've had a bar, We're studying the map. We've got an hour before the bus goes. We should be able to make it in time. It's only three kilometres. How are you feeling? But I've actually haven't said congratulations. Congratulations, Rosie. Well, until we get the bus stop, that's your. Oh, that was a loose seat. <laughs> the official bit. 
Um, it's it's interesting. It hasn't been the trip I thought it was going to be. Um, sadly, I think the weather obviously is as always makes a huge huge difference. There's been lots of positives, but there's also been it's been a lot more demanding physically, mentally, and emotionally than than I ever thought possible. Um, physically, just the you know the um, terrain, the ups, the downs, the ascents, the descents. Um, mentally sort of navigating especially in the, some of the circumstances um, focusing all the time where your feet are going very few easy paths um, and then emotionally just um, like just now with the cliffs uh, that time we crossed that river in spate there's been a few times and then up on uh, the Trottenist Ridge those two days were quite emotionally draining so yeah it's been quite a roller coaster. Um, trail and if the weather had been beautiful easy like the first day I think it would have been those things would still be there but in, in a different way it would have been a much kinder less um, challenging uh, challenging or less sort of um, ferocious like this wind yeah 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 I would I think I agree with you I would describe I would describe this walk as potentially really enjoyable but tough and then taking it the other way if the weather's against you really really tough you've got to be able to dig in on on um, particularly on the ridge i mean they always say it's for experienced backpackers and and i can see why um but it yes you do need your wits about you as you heard the body at rumahunish has given refuge to all travelers who visit this wild and windy remote place. Every comment in the book surely reflects that. There is one important safety note to be aware of here. If you do undertake the Sky Trail north to south, starting at the Bothy, the path from the Bothy naturally leads you onto the safer inland route, with the barbed wire fence between you and the sheer drops. However, if you travel south to north, like we did, make sure you pay attention when you get to the cliff path, as I'm sure the erosion will get worse, and in a high wind or bad weather, nasty accidents can easily happen. So make sure you keep that fence between you and the sea. Please let us know if you've enjoyed this series. I'm struggling at the moment to keep up with all the new interviews I have lined up and people who've been in contact, and I've yet to edit 80 of the recordings made on the TGO Challenge 2018, which are waiting on the computer to be done. Plus, there is, of course, all the associated videos from both trips which need editing, so that's going to have to take place sometime in the not-too-distant future when I get a moment. So, until next time, folks, enjoy the glorious summer weather we're currently having, get out more, and... Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorsstation.co.uk.